What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
from Grundahl. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallo Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. All right, so with us on the line, we've got none other than the Daytona 2018 Supercross Main Event 450 winner. Goes by the name of Justin Brayton. Justin, how's it going? Man, it's going great. I, I like that intro. I like the uh, Daytona winner. It has a ring to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Immortalized, cemented in time. Uh, when, they, when people think about Daytona, they think of Jeff Stanton. They, they think of Ricky Carmichael. Uh, they think of, of, of guys like uh, Chad Reed. And now they're getting to think about Justin Braden in that conversation. And uh, uh, may, maybe, in some eyes, uh, a bit of an unlikely win for you, but uh, a win nonetheless. And I think a lot of people, uh, I, I said this on, on a social media post the day after, just so I can get all the right words. Um, I don't think that there's been in recent history uh, a, a main event winner that uh, a, a bigger percentage of the industry was just uh, just happy to see you do it, man. I think like that kind of speaks volumes to your professional career and the, the lives that you've touched. Yeah, that's one of the coolest parts about this whole thing is, you know, the win is great and being in the history books forever is awesome, but it's really hard to gain the respect of your peers and not burn any bridges being on several teams. And I feel like I've done a great job of, of really respecting each and every team I've been on and creating lifelong friendships. And so that was really neat to have the whole industry be happy. Um, man, it, you know, I was at a loss for words after it. And there's so many people coming up and congratulating me and the team and just really, really special to have, some of my idols reach out to me and, you know, uh, tell me good job from James Stewart to Wyndham to McGrath to Villapoto. The list goes on, you know, and, and uh, really, really special to hear from, from people like that. And, uh, man, it's, it's crazy. It really still hasn't sunk in completely. Um, I'll tell you what, I haven't got much sleep the past few nights just just thinking about it. It's, it's a it's a lifelong dream, and dreams do come true. And uh, setting a couple records that night, just just awesome. Absolutely, and not to mention also getting a win for uh, the 450 class for the very first time for your mechanic. Uh, Tony Berluti, and in, in, a, in some ways uh, also uh, Duff, your, your, your practice mic mechanic, getting a piece of that as well. Uh, those guys put in a huge amount of work to your bikes on the, during the week, and uh, those guys were right there to celebrate it with you. For sure. It was great having Duff there. Um, and then obviously getting the first win for, for Berluti. Both guys, you know, it doesn't happen without them. Just period. It just, there's no way I could win without what Brett does during the week, um, you know, it goes unseen, but the guy works his tail off, and um, and then on the weekends with Berluti, it's just, 
it's really perfect scenario for me to perform at my best and um, just just incredible. Yeah, really really special night. Absolutely. Now take take us through the the main event if you could. Uh, a pretty a pretty damn good start, uh, and you lead very very soon in the race, and uh, you start clicking off laps. And like uh, I'm sitting at home, I'm I'm watching the the, the gap, and, and it's growing. There's a lot of people who I think would have thought that they would uh, kind of catch you a little bit, or that, that you wouldn't be able to sustain it as long as you did. Uh, but it ballooned as as much as seven seconds at, at one point. Um, how did you uh, kind of navigate the track? How did you feel like the the line were changing and, and when to change out of a line that would had gone, gone away. Uh, break that down for us a little bit. Yeah, well, even going all the way back to practice, I just really enjoyed the track. I haven't been to, to Daytona. It's been a long time, quite honestly, maybe ever, that I've come off the track first practice and said, man, this track is fun. Like, I'm, I'm having so much fun. And I said that after practice one, and then, you know, fast forward to the heat race, um, get a great start in the heat, win the heat, and then we review some lap times after after the heat race. And man, I was throwing down lap times that were me and Marv were the two fastest guys, you know, on the track out of both heat races. And um, and then the main event, I started second, and I knew Christian was riding good as well, but I knew I needed to get past him, and I could put down some good laps, have some clear track because Daytona, it's huge to have some clean air in front of you and not be roosted in the sand and so I knew I made a hard push the first couple sections to try and get past Christian and then I just kind of set sail I was just clicking off my own laps I saw Cooper get into second and um, quite honestly then it was even more comfortable because I ride with Coop quite a bit and uh, we do a lot of motos together and I know how strong he is at the end of the races so I knew I had to pick it up but it was a familiar situation that I've been in um, and then once Eli got in the second that's when I really thought oh you know this could he could catch me because he was on a mission oh yeah and um, but I think the most proud I am of any part of that race was with three to go when I dropped my lap times into the into the 113s and was matching Eli and that's hard to do as a racer you know, you're running a certain lap time that you've been running for almost 20 minutes, and then to be able to drop it by a second on, you know, which is the roughest part of the race, the track's at its worst. So I was really proud of that, to be able to dig deep and really seal the deal with uh, two or three laps to go. So what was the difference for you on that particular uh, lap? Like, what, Was there a section of the track that you were able to, to degrease just right or a, a section that you were able to push a little harder in? I know that, uh, that the rut through the corner right before the mechanics area had kind of gone away, so you guys were going outside of that. Uh, what was it that changed for you allowed you to get that 113? Yeah, just a little more aggression. You know, it's really hard. They turn up such a grueling track that you can't really go all in the whole race, so especially with me being up front, I was just doing smooth, consistent laps, running 114s. And, uh, you know, I did some 113s at the beginning of the race, but that was when the track's fresh and also the intensity is really high. So mainly just really focus in and and ride with that extra little bit of intensity. Um, but it's also you're taking more risk, which I didn't really want to take the last couple laps, you know, but... I had to, and, and uh, Eli was taking a lot of risks. So I had to try and match him, and I didn't know if I could, to be quite honest, but I was able to do it, and 
come home with the win. And I'll tell you what, that last lap, the first, the half, the halfway around the last lap, I was still going all in. And then the last half of the, the lap, it was kind of like, all right, this is awesome. Like, savor this a little bit because you just won Daytona Supercross. For sure. I think uh, there's about four or five uh, straightaways to go, and uh, I, I looked at my dad. I said, this thing's it, it's wrapped up. He's got this thing, and I think that's when you realized it as well. Coming across the finish line, uh, a look of pure elation uh, with your, your mannerisms, and a guy who didn't really hold anything back as far as just enjoying it, and I think that was one of the parts that people enjoyed so much as well, is that uh, your enjoyment of that moment was uh, about as genuine as it could have been. Yeah, it was, it was pure genuine. It was uh, <laughs> so many different emotions were running through my head from, you know, starting riding when I was four to all the money and time that my parents had spent on me throughout the years to all the peaks and valleys that I've been through as a racer and times when you're struggling and you don't think you'll ever get a top five again. So just so many different emotions and and then the biggest one that was going through my head was, you know, every year people talk about uh, there's a list a lot of times it comes out of who's the best racer to never win a race, to never win a Supercross. And I've been on that list, you know, for quite a few years now. And I don't like being on that list. <laughs> it's not a list I'm, I'm proud of. And to be off that now and to be, you know, like Chad Reed texted me and said, Welcome to the W Club. I mean, that's just... That's cool. It's awesome. To have a win, I'll be on that list forever. And and it's a huge monkey off my back that I've been dealing with for a long time. And uh, it's pretty special. No doubt. A lot of years have gone by since the uh, the 114 on two-stroke Hondas was ripping up the arena cross uh, races. But uh, <laughs> you've, you've come full circle, my friend. And, uh, yeah, you, you've... you've, you've gotten there that's that kind of the, the ultimate goal of a of a motocross uh, and supercross racer i guess a championship would be the the next uh ne- next step but um like it, it's it's got to be something that it's almost a bit difficult to really uh soak in like you said it's, it still hasn't maybe completely soaken in as far as uh like the the magnitude of of what you've accomplished but uh just knowing that you've been going after it for so long and it's finally there and uh, have a lot of people around you to share that with that's important yeah, for sure, and obviously couldn't do it without the team and my family, so many people that have supported me over the years, and, it, it, you know, it's a life-changing race for me. It really is from what I want to go into next, whether it's coaching or management or or whatever it is. I mean, to have a win, um, it, it totally changes everything. So uh, pretty neat, And uh, but in saying that, I want to do it again. I love that feeling. Totally. And there oh, won't yeah. be a time when I win that you won't see that, you know, that enjoyment and that, you know, I think a lot of people just get so numb to winning that it's so hard to win a race. To win just one race, it's so difficult. And most people never even get to get to sniff a win. And I'm going to celebrate, man, every win I can get. And um, so, yeah, hopefully I can do it again. And and uh, no better place to do it than this weekend here in St. Louis, um, one of my home races. So I'd love to get it done again. Hey, everyone. 
Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Enticknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as TheCollectiveEX on Instagram, is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Demigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. What's up, guys? It's Bruce Cook here with Nitro Circus. We're coming to Kelowna, B.C., May 25th for the Next Level Tour, and I'm so stoked to see you there. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have depth-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. 
Hey, Big MX listeners, just wanted to take a moment to uh, let you guys know about Viral Brand and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, Viral Brand Goggles are a relatively new company, and we've been working with them for about a year now, and uh, they've got some really cool things going on, which include uh, not only when you buy a pair of goggles, you will not only get a goggle bag, which of course you get with most goggle bags, but uh, with most goggles rather, but uh, you'll also get tear-offs, you get a 10-pack of tear-offs, and you also get an extra clear lens to go along with your mirrored lens than uh, the tinted lens that the goggles come with. Uh, so it's kind of a more, of a more of a package than it is just a set of goggles, which if you're going to buy goggles, you're going to need an extra lens, you're going to need tear-offs. So they take care of all that stuff for you, and uh, $74.99 US is uh, an easy asking price. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If uh, their best fit challenge, if your goggles don't fit your helmet within the first 30 days, get them back to Viral, for uh, and, and they'll take care of you, no questions asked. Uh, so check out the theviralbrand.com today and uh, and and see what the kind of products and the uh, the accessories that they've got. I love the goggles myself and uh, can't wait to see you guys enjoying them as well. Take care. Hey guys, it's Fly Racing's Justin Brayton, winner of the 2018 Daytona Supercross. You're listening to the Big MX Radio. Absolutely, you're coming home with uh, with a fresh win on your back, and uh, yeah, there'd probably be more smart money on people uh, like expecting you to win this race over Daytona. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the prep for Daytona. Everybody stresses this race. Everybody talks about where you gotta go ride, what kind of section you have to build for the specific track. But uh, as I heard you talking in one of the, uh, a previous interview, um, a lot of times you guys beat yourselves up on Daytona-like t- conditions all week only for you to be kind of hating it throughout the day in Daytona you, you kind of approached it a little bit differently one day of outdoors mostly supercross and uh, go out there and do it yeah and it was a little different for me last week because I got sick right after Atlanta so I um, you know typically I would do a Daytona section I don't like it but uh, you know it's kind of something you have to do now and um, so yeah I just rode a little bit outdoors one day and then uh, a couple laps of Supercross on on Thursday and flew down Friday and got it done. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever do a Daytona section ever again the week before the race. <laughs> just, uh, you know, save some energy. And, and, um, and typically, like I've said, it's not my strength, those sections. I typically struggle in. So there's no point in really me beating my head against the wall trying to get better at them a week of the race, so, um, yeah, I just rode, rode some Supergirl stuff, it was, it was good. Absolutely. Now, uh, I, I know you're obviously a family guy coming home to, to your wife for the first time as a uh, Supercross winner. Uh, what was that exchange like? That's something that the two of you guys have been working for, uh, look, working for, for a long time. Absolutely. It doesn't happen without her. I mean, the time she spends taking care of the kids and taking care of me and you know I'm gone almost every weekend and nearly every day training and you know from sun up to sundown it's it's wide open and my wife says just handles it like a champ and uh and she's seen the blood sweat sweat and tears that goes into it she's seen been there in the highs been there in the lows and everything in between and she realizes how hard it is. I mean, to be the best in the world at anything is so, so difficult. And we were the best in the world last weekend at the most prestigious race of the season. Pretty special. So we had some friends and family come over and 
I'm a pretty mellow guy, so it's just, <laughs> you know, we just kind of hung out and uh, made some tacos, and that was really about it. So nothing too crazy. Then my birthday is actually tomorrow, so that's pretty cool, too, to win on my birthday week. I mean, you just couldn't really script it any better, and it was on March 10th. I'm number 10. Uh, our frame sticker on our bike this weekend ended in 10. It was round number 10 of the season. Transponder uh, number 10. Yeah, transponder number 10. It's 10 years since Honda's won at Daytona. And so many things just no lined kidding. up just perfectly. And life is crazy sometimes, but and I'll, I'll take it anyway and get it. No kidding. 2000, 2008, who, who would have been on a... I'm trying to think. That, that, that's like that's that's stumping me right now. Who who on uh, was that? Uh, Davey? No, it's Wyndham. Wind. Ah, oh, yeah, Wind. That's right. The the bike locking up. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's that's funny. Uh, I'm sure uh, not so funny for Chad Reed. But uh, um, move, moving in, moving forward to uh, St. Louis, uh, a, a track where I think I think you've had some success there in the past. Um, how, how often do you get requests from f- friends and family uh, who, who don't live too far away to get some tickets and and people who want to be around you for a day like that? Yeah, every year St. Louis is the biggest one for me. I haven't raced in Minneapolis yet, which is closer to home, but St. Louis, I have a lot of friends and family come down for that. And I've had quite a few of them, actually, that weren't planning on coming, and now they've all booked flights, and, you know, I've seen my parents and my sisters. And I have a lot of people there, so it's going to be good, and I, I love when I can have some friends and family at the races. It's just motivating and I'd love, I'd love nothing more to make it two in a row. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So, like I said earlier, the, the weight is off my shoulders to get it done. And yeah, I'm going to enjoy it and uh, be good to see everyone on, on Friday. But then once Saturday comes, it's, it's race day. It's time to get after it. For sure. And i, I got to think that this win is kind of a, a bit of a uh, um, just that um – uh, the validation that uh, for anybody that you've ever told to continue to swing the axe, to to never give up, like this is one of those things where uh, like you, you you never put down that dream and uh, you made it happen, uh, regardless of how many years it took of, of swinging that axe. Yeah, for sure. And there's been years where I pretty much knew I couldn't win. I didn't have the bike to do it or the the team to do it or whatever it was. Just stuff wasn't gelling and. I said from the very beginning this year, I felt better than maybe I ever have in my whole career. You know, people can look at my age and say, ah, he's just saying that. But I feel like I've backed it up. Even without this win, I feel like I've I've been doing really well this year. I'm third in points. Um, So it's a testament to hard work and grinding and getting after it. And age isn't really a thing if you really want something and you really enjoy it. I really enjoy riding motorcycles. I, I do. I just, I love riding. Um, I love racing. I love competing. I feel great doing it. So why wouldn't I do it at, at 33 or I'll be 34 tomorrow. So I don't really see an end in sight. I'm just going to keep, uh, keep doing what I do. And when, the, when it's time to be done, you know, I'll know it, but I know that it's not right now. I feel like I have some more wins in me and, more fight left in me, so we'll keep grinding. Absolutely. If anything, if anything that just fuels the fire, maybe added a couple of years onto that uh, that drive years. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so let's uh, before before we uh, just like talk all, all about uh, the the win particularly, let's talk a little bit about the number one fourteen. It's in your phone number. That's all I'll give out of your phone number. Uh, it's your original pro number, with, both with Motor World and uh, on MDK KTM. And uh, I know you got to have been smiling when uh, the 114 of uh, of Brandon Hartraff put himself in the top ten this last weekend. Uh, tell me a little bit about that number and what it means to you. Yeah, so 114 goes back a long ways when um, me and my stepdad were going racing. Um, I didn't really have a number, and so we just came up with his his birthdays on the first of September, and mine's on the fourteenth of March. And so we said, let's, "Let's be one fourteen. It was a number that meant a lot to me, and so I ran it, and uh, I ran it proud. One, my last race with one fourteen was uh, Steel City two thousand nine. I I won the last moto, and then um, I guess my very last race was Bercy. Supercross on it when I signed with JGR and I won the, the first two Supercross so I, I won my last two races with 114 and um, pretty special and then this year actually um, Seth Rex sent me a picture of 114 on the Yamaha and I was like no way I haven't seen that number in a long time and uh, Brandon's actually staying in Charlotte I actually just finished up riding with him in <laughs> Cooper Webb about 30 40 minutes ago so yeah I get to see the 114 a lot and cool to see it back out there and he's doing well man he's representing that number good and um kind of came in under the radar gotta be honest i didn't really hadn't heard of him until this year he's coming out swinging i like his attitude and what he brings to the table so hopefully he can keep uh keep doing well Plus, the kid is super fit. I keep bugging him that he looks like Ivan Drago out there. I think the hairstyle is, is, is more to blame than anything. But he's just got that, like, stone-cold look, and he's pretty ripped. So uh, I just call him Ivan Drago. Yeah, there you go. But uh, uh, so um, is there anywhere possible that there, there might be a SoCal number uh, 114 jersey at the, at the Brayton household somewhere? <laughs> There is, yes. It's in, uh, I've got a storage unit in California. I sold my house out there, so it's in a storage unit in California. But uh, my goal one day is to have a have a trophy room, and I've saved a jersey from every year since I've turned pro, and I'd love to frame a jersey every year and just kind of pop in that room every now and again and, and reminisce on old times and the different jerseys and teams I've been on. So yes, there is a, a SoCal jersey out there somewhere. Absolutely, and and then of of course uh, the uh, you have a number of different brands, but the one that will probably be uh, most cherished to you a, a red black red black and white fly jersey, uh, not the brand new colorway from Fly for the, the limited or not limited edition the uh, the kinetic um, eighteen point five stuff, but uh, you, you gotta yeah. that jersey's got to be pretty special to you right now. Absolutely, that one's definitely going in a in a frame and have a little Daytona shrine somewhere in our in our house for sure. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. I wish you the best of luck the rest of the season and uh, definitely see you in Minneapolis. Uh, keep twisting the throttle, my friend. Keep enjoying it and, uh, and and continue to be a great ambassador for the sport because that's one of the things that really kind of uh, like uh, was heartfelt to me is the fact that uh, um, it's uh, the, the – 
the industry really was happy to see you get your 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 ultimate goal because you're a guy who has always been uh, a class act, a guy who's been hardworking and done it the right way. And uh, um, congratulations! Awesome, thank you so much.